tone method. Now those parents who have come up from year six, you will have already had some experience of this. Uh, part of the transition process from year six to year seven is they do start using full tic-tac-toe homework so that when they get to year seven, not everything is brand new. Um, but what it means is basically in every subject, they have a choice of three homework tasks per term. Um, and the, the element behind this is really choice. So for the homework task number one, there will be four different options. Homework task number two, there are four different options, and then there's a central task that all students do. Now, the idea behind this by giving them choice is that we understand that students really do have a variety of learning styles. Um, some students really like to do things that are creative, some students prefer more writing based tasks, some students really want to go away and do additional research, whereas some students might struggle with that independently, um, so they might want to focus on something that's already been covered in class. So, by having four uh, different tasks that students it enables a variety of learning styles, but also a variety of challenge there. So some of the tasks are purposely designed to be more supportive for some students, whereas some of those tasks are designed to really stretch those more able students as well. Um, when we come back to later on thinking about what you can do to help support homework, choosing the right task is really, really important, and that's something that you can play a role in at home as well, making sure they choose the right task for their learning style, but also the right task for their ability. Um, so the idea is that they do three tasks across the year. Now, in an ideal world, they do it in a straight line, if it looks neat, but in reality, it doesn't matter. We don't mind if they do uh, it in a slightly wonky line, as long as they're choosing one task from number one, one task from the number twos, and then the central task in it. And what we also do is we make sure that all the deadlines are managed across the term. I'll show you what that looks like. So each of the tasks, so there are nine of them, and each of the tasks will look like this. So there's a very clear learning outcome to the task, and this goes back to the why we're doing this. So what do the teachers want the students to achieve by doing this particular task? Now what you might find for some of the tasks um, is that all four learning outcomes are the same, because that's exactly what the teacher wants them to achieve, or it may be that the learning outcomes are slightly different, depending on what the uh, subject. So this is an example um, of the year seven history. Uh, this is a very, probably kind of a middle ability task. Um, so the learning outcome is to be able to understand the life of town dwelling in the Middle Ages. Um, and then the task is clearly laid out. So write 10 questions about towns in the Middle Ages. Imagine you are a town dweller and give detailed answers to the interview questions you have written. So not only do they have to generate questions, but they have to go away, they have to do the research, they have to find the answers, put themselves into the character, um, that they've been given and respond to those questions. Um, so this is a task will probably take around an hour or so. Um, and ideally, they would split that up into different parts. So maybe one day they'll be thinking about the questions, then they might go to, away and do 20 minutes, half an hour of research, and then obviously spend a bit more time writing the answers as well. Each of the tasks have a particular due date. Um, usually it's, um, it's given as week commencing, so let's say week commencing um, 20th of August. Um, and then the teacher would individually say when that homework is due in, because they may see them maybe two or three times during that week, and they might say to them, okay, we'll have it in the first lesson, or it might be in the last lesson. But the teacher will never know individually, class by class, uh, when exactly their homework is due in. And then we have some top tips as well. So with the homework booklet, there are a variety of number of general tips that come alongside that, um, advice to students about how to do research, how to organize, how to plan work. Um, there may be very subject-specific tips as well. It could be, for example, the name of a website that the teacher might advise them um, to go and look at as part of their research. So that's what each of those nine boxes will look like. And that's consistent across all the subjects that do tic tac toe 
Um, this is an example of what the deadlines might look like. So what you can see is that some of the subjects are grouped together. So for example, RT and DT share a task sheet. Um, the reason behind that is because the students only have one lesson in each subject per, um, per week of those particular subjects, so we share those. Um, whereas obviously in science and geography they have more lessons per week. Um, so you can see that the tasks are evenly spread out. There shouldn't really be ever more than two at the tops, three homeworks due in each week. Um, and the idea is that right at the beginning of the term, students know exactly uh, how their time should be managed um, and should know exactly when to begin their task and then know when they're handed in as well. Um, some students do struggle with this, I'm not going to lie. Uh, they do find the element of uh, time planning quite a challenge. Um, but it's really, really important that this is a skill that we develop in our students right from the very young. And actually, within about a term or so, within year seven, particularly for new students who haven't yet experienced this in year six, um, we find that actually they're very, very good at it. Um, and we really have very little issues in terms of homework not being handed in on time. Um, the teachers always remind homework, uh, the students the week before as well, you know, just to remind them, by the way, our next task is during next week. Um, and we also put the tic-tac-toe deadlines into our secondary spotlight communication, which goes out each week as well, so that you can keep on top of it um, from your side as well. Um, and really, that, that does what I'm going to come on to next. It's about all of us helping the students. So the students obviously play a huge role in it, um, but the teachers do, and also so do the parents as well. And that's why we really appreciate you um, coming to find out more about it this morning. Um, so each student is given this booklet. This booklet is, will also be placed um, on the parent portal, I believe, or just on the website. Um, and uh, so you can see all of the tasks and you can see all of the deadlines as well set out for you. Um, in the preceding lessons, uh, when the homework is due in, the teachers will spend time going through each of the tasks, really making it clear what it is that the students are supposed to do for each of those tasks, what the expectations are. Um, we really feel that this, this helps support students to develop their study skills um, and to understand a bit more about time management. And ultimately, in Key Stage 3, it's helping them for that next transition into Key Stage 4, where they have to do IGCSE, and actually time management and study skills becomes really, really important. So all of this is leading up to the preparation for that as well, uh, for GCSE and the IB diploma. Uh, core subjects, now these work slightly differently, so these uh, English and Maths sit outside of uh, the tic-tac-toe booklets, so they will have additional homework each week in English and Maths. Um, in Year 7 and Year 8, science is part of the tic-tac-toe booklet, however in Year 9 it's now going to be outside of the tic-tac-toe booklet. Um, the reason being that in Year 9 they're actually going to be given GCSE curriculum already, it's such a huge curriculum to get through, um, but we're starting it early to enable our students to get the best possible outcomes. Um, but it means that then they will follow the IGCSE programme for homework um, in Year 9 for science as well. Um, and then finally coming back to the what then, so what do we expect to see at the end of this homework? Now if we go back to uh, the research that we did, we saw homework as a plus 5 uh, positive correlation to student outcomes. But actually right at the top is feedback. And this is really important for us teachers because this really hammers home that actually the most important thing that we do to our teachers is to feedback, to make sure that the students understand exactly what they did well in the homework, but also to make sure that they understand um, exactly what they need to do to improve that as well. So by having, um, in, in some sense, less homework, the feedback that we can give them is far more personalised and far more So every homework that's handed in for the TikTok's homework will be marked using this um, feedback sheet, and this will be either stuck in the student's book or attached to the piece of work if it can't go into the book. Um, and it clearly reminds the students what the learning outcome was, 
about homework. They then, they, they then get given a target, so if they were to have repeated that homework, uh, what could they have done to make it better? And then they're set a challenge as well. And the idea is that the challenge is more generic and can link it to their next piece of homework. So it could be something to do with making sure that they use reliable sources of information or making sure that they reference the sources of information that they use. So it's something that when they come to do the next piece of homework, they can look back at their previous homework, think about that challenge question, and try and make sure that they achieve that in that next piece of homework. Uh, so these are some examples of what they look like uh, when they're completed. I think these are some French examples from last year. Uh, and some teachers also use the yellow feed forward. So once they give students their feedback, they might spend maybe 10 minutes or so in a lesson getting the students to feed forward. So making sure they've really understood um, and have taken on board that feedback and know exactly what they need to do next time around. Um, we take homework very seriously. The standard is extremely high that we get from the students. And actually having this less is more approach um, really enables that to happen. So students really take pride in their pieces of homework. Um, I remember one student a couple of years ago bringing in literally a whole medieval castle one point, which is a bit of a challenge to store um, and to provide great feedback on, um, but it was a fantastic piece of work. It just shows that actually they really take it seriously and, and giving them that element of choice as well enables them to choose something that they really want to do um, for that piece of homework. Um, so when we do get fantastic pieces of homework, we've got lots of different ways that we can give them praise as well. Um, so we have certificates of effort that we can hand out, um, and then really fantastic pieces of homework can get a, a head teacher's commendation letter as well. Um, and we sent out at least 10 to 15 of those across last year, so that was really great to see as well. Now, um, as I said, right, we're getting some students do chat, do find it difficult to manage their homework expectations. Um, so if we find that a student is consistently not able to meet those deadlines, um, then we do have a structure in place um, which we can do, which is called a homework action plan. Um, so the progress leaders for the EGA group will identify particular students who they feel are consistently missing those deadlines, um, meet with the students, set some clear targets, feed those back to parents um, to make sure that we're all on board and we can get that student back on track um, to enable them to meet those deadlines. Um, and a lot of the time it is just about time management. So we make sure that we use the student planners to really effectively get students to think about, okay, well, if I know I've got home during three weeks, I need to start thinking now, you know, what am I going to do, which task am I going to choose, and so it's to enable that conversation and that dialogue to be a little bit more structured if needed um, for such students. So at Key Stage 4 then, at Key Stage 5, um, we operate slightly differently um, to meet the needs of the courses and obviously the, the increased maturity of those students. Um, so in each subject area, the homework is very muscular. There's no particular consistency or standard um, that the students have to have across curriculum areas because all the curriculum areas are very, very different. The demands of the courses are very different. Some courses have, for example, like coursework element, so a lot of homework may be around preparing the coursework. Some subjects may have quite a large practical element, so homework may be around um, rehearsals and things like that. So we understand that actually a set approach does not work if you stage for it. Um, but, have that said, there is a standard that the students must uh, expect, which is that they're high quality tasks um, and that they are given very, very detailed feedback again on those homeworks. Um, but the homework, um, it does increase, so they will expect you know, two hours per subject um, in homeworks at 
particularly at Key Stage 5, and perhaps an hour a week at Key Stage 4. Uh, but again, it's all about preparing the students for those next steps um, in their life, whether it's doing those assessments at the end of Key Stage 4 and Key Stage 5, or when they go into the world of work, having to meet deadlines, having to manage their time effectively as well. Research. Um, so we looked at homework, we looked at feedback, so actually let's publish the seventh regulation and master moments are the next two key things which have a real clear impact on student outcomes. And this is what we look at particularly at Key Stage 4 um, in the style of our homework. So in Key Stage 4, students are given what are called knowledge and skills organisers. Now in some subjects they might get a particular file. Um, some students might decide to put all their subjects together in one file. Some subjects, uh, rather than having a physical file, have an online storage space where this is stored. But for each of their subjects, they will have um, knowledge and skills organisers. And what this means is as they go through the courses, as they're finishing each unit, they are given particular tasks um, which help them ensure that they've really mastered the content um, for that particular unit um, and have really understood what it is that they need to know in terms of examinations. So it might be, for example, looking at the dates and events. So for example, in history, um, then students might be given something that looks like this to go into their, um, their skills and knowledge organisers. So the teacher has, for example, identified all the key dates and the key events which um, are looked at in this particular unit of work. What they then may have to do is to use that information so they've got to show that they've understood it. So any one particular task from using this information might be that they then have to go to dates. So it's just a quick test, a quick quiz, to say, well, okay, these are all the events that you need to know about. When did they happen? So they have to refer back to this to make sure they've understood. The next step might be doing it slightly differently. So they get given the dates, and then they have to know when the events are. So it's all about mastery learning. It's repeating the same thing over and over again so that they are really clearly understood. Because in an exam, the way that the questions worded could be different. So it could be that they get given the events and they need to know the dates, and it could be the other way around. So this enables them to really practice that knowledge to make sure that they've got it really um, different subjects do it differently, though perhaps a history example. Uh, in global citizenship, what I used to do was I would print out the subject syllabus, um, and at the end of each unit, we would go back through the subjects for the syllabus. I would make the students demonstrate each of the content um, skills that they needed to know and link it to case studies that we would have. Um, so, again, this is a really good way of revising the knowledge at the end of each unit, because when they get to the end of year 11, they're obviously also being tested off things that they learned right back at the beginning of year 10, which is almost two years previously. So actually, the skills of knowledge organisers become a much more important tool for revision than perhaps their exercise books that they use um, throughout the school year. Uh, in maths, again, it's looking at practice papers. So once they finish a particular topic, they will go back and redo and redo practice papers to make sure um, that they've really mastered that knowledge um, and those skills as well. Um, the steps in the process are as follows. So the idea is that the first step of this is to create the information. So uh, the history example I showed at the beginning would be one that the teacher might give to them, so the teacher creates it in that sense. But it could be that actually in one particular topic they want the students to create it, so the students would be asked to create um, a set of revision notes. Once they've obviously got those, they have to go away and learn them. They then get tested, and this is about the mastery knowledge, uh, the mastery learning. So they have quizzes, they might be online quizzes, they might be uh, just regular pen to paper quizzes. They can then evaluate their subject gaps, their knowledge, you know, where are the gaps, what do they need to fill, what do they need to go back and practice. 
and then it can move forward to the next step. So it's really just revisiting all the content as they go through the course. Um, so really, that's it for me. Um, so QStage 4 and QStage 5 work in a very, very similar way. Um, and then obviously at QStage 3, we do the tic-tac-toe. Um, so if anyone's got any questions, please feel free to ask them now. Um, in terms of the next steps for um, tic-tac-toe booklets, you should be getting those by the end of next week. Um, so the first um, deadline will usually be within about two weeks um, when the booklets are received to make sure that the students have enough time to do that. Um, in terms of what you guys can do to help us there, um, as I said right at the beginning, um, help the students pick tic-tac-toe um, tasks. So really sit down and engage with those booklets for the students, get them to really think about um, if they choose a particular task, what is it going to look like at the end and how are they going to achieve that. Um, and make sure that they choose the right task. You know, we want the task to challenge the students, but if it's something that they cannot do independently and is requiring a lot of help from you, then it's not the right task for them. So if you're ever unsure about what task your student should do, please just contact their subject teacher and just get the student. Ideally, the student will do it, but if you don't think that the student uh, is going to engage in it, feel free to just contact the teacher and ask for their advice and say, which, which task do you think um, my, my child should do for this particular homework? And they will help you because you know, we want to challenge, but it shouldn't be an impossible. Um, and there should be other tasks that they are capable of doing. Um, in terms of research, you know, a lot of this does require time on computers at home um, to do research, and you know, obviously it's up to you as parents to decide how you monitor that. Um, we do do a lot of work in school about making sure that we use reliable sources. We try to get them to steer away from Wikipedia uh, and think about using things learning and other resources like that, which the information is a lot more reliable. Um, and then the other thing that you can do with her as parents as well is is to really help at the end check their homework and just think, have they written that themselves? Now we do a lot of work, particularly in Key Stage 4 and Key Stage 5, about academic honesty. Um, and we talk about it in Key Stage 3 as well. Sometimes it's a little bit hard for students to understand what that actually means. Um, because obviously we expect them to go away and do research on their homework, but what we don't want is them to just copy and paste bits from the internet and put it into a homework, because that doesn't demonstrate that they've actually understood it. And it's really, really easy as teachers to tell when they've done that. Think they can pull them all over our eyes, but they can't. Um, so it's really obvious when they have done that. And, and when you're checking homework and maybe looking over it um, before they hand it in, you know, question them about things. If you think they've used a word that they probably don't understand, it's, it's likely that they've just copied and pasted it off the internet. Um, and that's something that we do all the time when they hand in homework. And we say, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? And if they can't tell us, then we we'll know that they've not really understood that. And that's not what we want. Um, so that's another thing that we can really help. Thank you for listening to the Dover Court podcast. Please subscribe to our channel.